0: Welcome to the John Morris Show. I am your humble, as always, host, John Morris from johnmorrisonline.com. And in this episode, surprise, surprise, I'm going to be answering another one of your questions. So, the brain buster for today is what type of jobs are available for HTML, CSS, and javascript programmers which i think probably a lot of people might have that question right before i dive into the answer to that question i need your help so i've been going back and forth contemplating the course that i've been telling you about that i'm creating on the truth about making money on elance and odesk i've been going back and forth debating putting it on YouTube here for free or selling it over on Udemy. So I want to get the answer from you, but I want to get it in a little bit different way. So what I'm thinking is, I know if I put it here on YouTube, I'll definitely be able to reach a lot more people. However, the income that I would receive in return for that would obviously in most cases, be a lot less and make it difficult for me to continue to put all of the courses that I create on YouTube. So what I'm asking your help from is I want to run a little experiment. So I want to directly ask you for your support. And I want to do that in a number of different ways. So first off, right on YouTube, youtube.com slash johnmorrisvideo, you'll see a fan funding option there, kind of over on the right-hand side. And if you were able to donate to me directly, that would be awesome. And that would show me that people are willing to do that kind of thing, and that I could could put all of my courses uh, here on YouTube uh, for free for people to access. If you're not able to do that, or you don't just want to donate directly without anything in return, I'm also going to link in the description to a couple of my other courses that I have available online over on BitTorrent, the PHP and MySQL 101 course and the Responsive Web Design 101 course. And if those are topics that you're interested in, they're available for a very small fee over there. And the advantage is that you can download all the videos, all the downloads, everything that comes with the course to your computer and have them forever. So if I ever decided for some reason that I was going to take all of those videos off of YouTube, you wouldn't have to worry about that because you would have them on your own computer. So that's another way that you could help support me. Also, I'm going to link to a page that I've created on my website for recommended resources. Now, this is a list of resources that I recommend for you that can help you in your web design and web development career. Some of the resources on there are also happen to be affiliate products. Now, I don't recommend them just because I would earn a small commission if you happen to buy, uh, one of those products. In fact, I link to a lot of stuff that's not even, I don't even earn a commission on or is my own stuff that's available for free and so forth. But some of those things are. So another way that you could support me would be by going through that, those recommended resources and taking a look at those and see if any of those things interest you. So that, uh, again, if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate that. Finally, if all that just isn't doable for you, that's totally okay. Uh, the other thing that you could really do for me that doesn't cost you anything is if you could share this video or any of my other videos that are available here on YouTube and help me reach more and more people. So that would be something that anybody can do that really won't cost you anything other than a little bit of time and effort. And I would greatly appreciate it and it would uh, again, help to show me and prove to me that I can uh, put these more and more of these courses on YouTube and it'll ultimately work out to where uh, this can be what I do full time. So uh, again, asking for your help on that. Uh, I know you may say, hey, screw off. <laughs> I don't want to help you <laughs> forget you. And that that's fine. That It is what it is. But uh if you would if you've gotten any value from the stuff that I'm putting out or have put out, I would greatly appreciate it if you would support me in whatever way that you can. All right, so with all that out of the way, let's dive into the answer to this question. So again, the question is what types of jobs are available for HTML, CSS, and JavaScript programmers? So let me just run through a couple of examples of things, and then I want to talk about kind of the framework that I use to approach monetizing the my coding skills All right so the first example is actually a guy that I work with uh, at the uh, company that I work with he is a really purely almost purely graphic designer so his main skill is creating things in Photoshop and then he's able to convert them to HTML and CSS he knows a little bit of JavaScript but he has pretty much no backend knowledge, PHP and MySQL and so forth. So he does pretty much what you're asking: HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And he's in, he's employed at this company that I work with, and one of the guys that I work with primarily because I know all the backend stuff, and I usually take a lot of his designs and and actually implement them in WordPress and do all the backend stuff with those. So that's an example of someone who has a full time job doing. Graphic design, HTML and CSS, maybe a little bit of JavaScript, although I usually end up doing the JavaScript and pretty much no backend stuff. And there's lots of people out there like that. There's lots of people out there that do that. I know people who are you could consider freelancers who don't really, you know, they don't necessarily work for any company or anything. They're they're all their work is driven by their website and so forth. And all they really do is graphic design. Some of them don't even do HTML and CSS, although many of them do. So there's plenty of work out there for that kind of thing. Uh, another example that I just kind of came up with off the top of my head of something you could do that involved only those particular languages that I think people would find valuable is what I call ajaxifying forms. So there is a need in the market uh i haven't done all the research so i don't know how significant but there definitely is a need in the market out there for someone who can come in and take a form that's been created primarily in uh, html css and php and ajaxify that so make it a lot more interactive and user-friendly using something like jquery and ajax to 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 do that so There's, you know, forms oftentimes for businesses are one of the key interaction points that they have with their customers. So it's a big deal. Kind of sounds maybe a little silly to us because as developers, we're like, well, it's just a form. I mean, (laughs) it's not that big of a deal. But for businesses, getting customers to fill out forms is a big deal, making them easy to fill out, making them interactive and making them validate properly and all those things. That's a value to businesses. So there's definitely a a need in the market for that type of thing. Now, you may need to do a little competing in terms of someone who can do both the HTML, CSS, JavaScript side and the backend PHP or ASP or whatever it happens to be. However, I firmly believe that if you can show a heightened level of skill, so you can show that you're really good at that specific thing, that you could out-compete people who could do that back-end part because you can show that you can just do that front-end part a lot better. And again, businesses, it's very important to them to have that down perfect. All right, so that's one example. Another example is, say, take a site like Wrap Bootstrap. Pretty much, uh, they've gotten into WordPress themes you know, here as of late. I don't know exactly how long it goes, but I noticed it as of late but for a long time it was just bootstrap themes and it was html and css almost exclusively and you can go on there and look at the numbers for the amount of themes that they sold and at what price and start to maybe calculate some of the income that's been generated over there but that that is something that's purely html css and jquery or javascript and you know there's a lot of revenue that's being generated there so that's an example of someone Uh, doing something that uh, involves only those languages. I also know a lot of people who are what you might call content managers that work with WordPress. So they're not necessarily back-end coders. They're not developers writing code, but they know WordPress on the, uh, the admin of WordPress inside and out. And then they know enough HTML and CSS to be able to handle some of the small tweaks and so forth. And those people... That's all they do, and, and they have a very lucrative career doing just that. Now, maybe you don't want to be involved with WordPress. Maybe it could be Joomla or Drupal or some of the other ones that are out there, but that's an example of how you can leverage a framework with the skills that you already have in order to get yourself a job or, or a position or create yourself a service uh, that doesn't require you to do all of that back-end stuff. Another one is teaching others the languages you know. If you're good at them, why not turn around and teach other people? And you can do that in a number of places. For example, sites like Udemy or even a site like CodeMentor or any of the number other of sites that are out there for teaching courses or for mentoring people, uh, you can turn around and teach others the languages that you know. Now that's not necessarily the standard job that you think of when you think of a web designer or web developer, but that's one that's out there that you can do and do it with the languages that you know. You can also do what I do create YouTube channel and put up helpful videos and so forth, and then you know, ask people to support you like I did. Or, you know, turn on the ads for those and try and uh, monetize them that way and earn some small income that way. So those are all examples of a number of different ways that you can monetize the languages that you know and really any of the languages that you know, not just those three. You have to be a little creative about how you go about it, but I have a particular framework or way of looking at it that I use that helps me to be able to come up with the different ideas for monetizing code. So what I do is I there's, there's really seven different ways that you can monetize your code. now. Over on my website, JohnMorrisOnline.com, I have a cheat sheet that I give you that covers what those seven different ways are and what you need to do within each one in order to be successful. But as an example, here's four of them. So the first is freelance jobs, which is a common one that we probably all think of, right? That's the standard one that we think of. You can go start freelancing uh and and selling your services that way the key there is to be a specialist don't market yourself as knowing html css and javascript market yourself as a form ajaxifier or a wordpress expert or you know a theme creator and so forth so market yourself as an expert specialist there's also getting company jobs so getting a job at a tech company that needs those sort of services and has a position specifically for someone who knows that languages. I guarantee you there's jobs out there for from companies looking for those specific things. But beyond just a tech company, you can get hired at a regular company. Say your local barber shop, right? They need they probably have a website. It's probably not that great and they probably, even if it is, need someone to manage it. They they might have someone who knows a little bit of HTML and CSS and is just kind of and are kind of getting by But if you could go in there and go in there and show them real value and show them how you can help make their website an asset they may be willing to hire somebody to do that there's probably already companies like that where you are who know that they need someone like that and are looking to hire somebody so company jobs in that respect not just a tech company but just local people who have businesses who need websites that probably have websites that aren't that great and if you have a good offer you could go in there and get business from them. That's another way that you can do it. Also, selling code-related products. So uh, we talked about Wrap Bootstrap. That's an example. Creating phone apps or mobile apps. That's another example. Creating the next big Facebook. That would be an example, although obviously that would require some back-end stuff. But you could probably think of some different code-related products that you could create that are specific to the language's that you know. Uh, Another one that, again, I covered an example from is teaching, teaching other coders how to do what it is that you do. If you're really great at it and you can show people you're really great at it, then you'll get a lot of people who want to learn from you. So those are four of the seven different ways, uh, freelance jobs, company jobs, selling code-related products, and teaching that you can use to monetize your code, whatever the languages happen to be. Now again, like I said, I have all seven available over in a completely free cheat sheet over on johnmorrisonline.com. You can go there, download that cheat sheet, and you can see all seven. It even has a video that accompanies it where I explain every, every piece of it kind of in detail. All right, so beyond that, then what you really have to figure out when you're looking at all this and trying to place it together is you need to figure out really what your core value proposition is. And it comes down to what do you want to do? See, so there's all these different things that you could do, but what is it that you really want to do? And that's key because if you're not doing something that you really want to do, chances are you're not going to go far enough with it in order to make it a, a job or a career that, that can sustain you and sustain your livelihood for the long term. So there's a three step process that I use for helping help myself and helping other people identify their core value proposition. And so it just comes down to three questions. And the very first question is, what do I love? What do you love to do? What is the, your favorite, when it comes to coded code relating related stuff, what do you love to do? Now there's things I can promise you that you hate about coding Uh, and. Those are things that you want to avoid. They may be lucrative. There may be a lot of people that want to do them, but if you hate it, there's no point in doing it because you're just going to make yourself miserable and likely you'll never put in the effort to become so great at it that it can actually become uh, a full-time income for you. So you need to ask yourself, what do you love to do? Chances are there's a number of different things. That's fine. List them all out uh, and then go on to the next question because you'll start to eliminate some of these things. So... Again, ask yourself, what do I love? Next, ask yourself, what am I good at? So it's one thing to love to do it. It's another thing to be good at it. Now, there is a caveat here, and that is most coding things, if you love it enough, you can learn how to do it. But you need to make sure that you honestly ask yourself if you're willing to put in all the work that's going to be necessary to be great at that particular thing. So if you love it enough chances are that you you'll be willing to do that. But again, you need to make sure that whatever it is that you pick, you not only love it, but you are or at least can be good at it. And if you're not good to great at it yet, then the first thing you should focus on before or what kind of jobs you can get is getting great at that very specific activity or task or thing whatever it is. So What do I love? What am I good at? And then finally, what will others pay for? So you do need to take some time to check the market viability of what it is that you're offering. Because if you love to do it and you're really great at it, but nobody wants it, then you're not going to be able to make a career out of it. It's basically just a hobby, which is fine. You can have hobbies, but you're not going to be able to build a career about it. And that is essentially the point of the question. So What do I love? What am I good at? And what will others pay for? When you can identify that, when you can get really clear on that, that is what I call your inflection point. Uh, It's a term I learned from Michael Hyatt, who's a New York Times bestselling author. And he talks about your inflection point where suddenly, you know, everything has been kind of just going along mediocre. And then all of a sudden you reach an inflection point and things take off. And suddenly everything clicks and suddenly everything just starts happening so fast. When you identify your core value proposition, that can be an inflection point for you mentally and emotionally and clarity wise, because you can see clearly what it is that you need to do uh, and you know what steps exactly you need to take. And then you just go through and implement them and you start moving forward a lot more quickly than you were before. So... Really take some time to try and nail this and understand your core value proposition because when you do, things can really start to take off for you. All right, so hopefully I answered that question from every angle for you and got you the answer that you're after. So that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Now, if you've gotten value from this podcast, then... Outside of the things that I mentioned at the beginning about uh, helping support me and so forth, also make sure that you like this wherever you happen to be listening to it on so that I know that this is the kind of content that you like and I can create more of it. Also, if you haven't yet, then be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes and any of the other trainings and videos and so forth that I do. Uh, As I mentioned, you can head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and download my free cheat sheet, seven strategies to turn your code into cash. So if you haven't done that yet, then head on over there and download that. And that will give you a very definitive answer uh, to this question as well. All right. So that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.